So the 75 points was delivered, but the surprise from the Reserve Bank for many was one, the cash rate's going to 5.5, and a recession number two, the recession is arriving next year. Governor Adrian Orr is with us. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. How much of what we heard from you yesterday was out of frustration? Uh, None. It's just out of deliberation. Uh, The Monetary Policy Committee has spent, you know, over a week combing through the uh, global economy and implications for here in New Zealand, and we've put our best foot forward. How close to 1% were you? Uh, We were closer to 1% than we were to 50 basis points, put it that way. You know, we were considering 50, 75, 100. Um, You know, we still believe we have a bit more to do even after today. Um, We'll be back in February um, reconsidering, um, having you know observed uh, whether people are starting to um, pull back on spending or not. On that note of February, David Seymour says you should be j- back in January. Any chance? The gap, in other words, the gap's too long. Uh, well, this is our regular calendar. Uh, monetary policy operates with long, long lags. You know, there's um, there's not a lot of data. Um, really, news that can come out um, over that period. Um, but you know, Im- importantly, we can we can do what is needed to be done whenever it's needed to be done. So, um, you know, at the moment we've got penned in for February, um, and uh, we feel um, comfortable to see how things are working through. We've, you know, we've we've loaded up a lot of interest rate rise over recent times, and over the next six months, a lot of that is is rolling over in mortgage books out there. You know, people will be. Um, shifting off the current rate onto uh, a new rate as as the mortgages roll over. So, um, you know, we need to give time to observe um, the impact that we're having. When you say time, maybe, maybe I'm just an impatient person. I've watched you all year do this and nothing's happened. 7.3 to 7.2. You're failing in the task. That's not frustrating? Uh, it's... Um, the frustrating part is uh, the large economic shocks that hit us through time. You know, the COVID, the implications of that, and then Putin's folly in, in the north. You know, these significant, uh, I, I think we just completely underestimate the significance of these economic shocks to uh, to this country. That's the frustrating part. Around the, the lags between what we do and the outcomes for inflation, they're about usual. You know, they are a one to two year lag. And, you know, to remind people that, when we started this tightening cycle, you know, we were well below any sense of a neutral rate. So we had to walk a long way just to get to the start line mm. um, regarding tightening. And it's really only rates, you know, with uh, uh, um, the OCR now that I can put my hand on my heart and say we are absolutely in a contractionary um, position now with interest rates. A lot of it has been getting back to that start line um, from, from the previous shocks. What are you saying now? See, you've got two stories running now. You've got people like me saying you should have gone one. You've got economists now going, you're overcooking it. What do you say to the economists who say you're overcooking it? Um, I, I really like to hear that in one sense because that's what creates a market. Um, you know, when what we did yesterday, you know, the 75 basis points, all of that was already priced into financial markets. Yeah. So, um, you know, for them to be saying, oh, that was more than expected, well, that is not where the financial pricing was. So, you know, forward, forward interest rates and wholesale markets have been very well behaved observing what we're doing and trading accordingly. So, you know, it's what makes a market, those who think okay. we're too high and those who think we're too low. I think we're in a wage price spiral. Countdown had 19% wage rises and they go and spend the money that creates inflation. And then they'll go back and ask for more. 
Yeah, I think that was over a couple of years, but it's still a big number, and it's well ahead. You know, and this is why we, the the only way we, you know, the Reserve Bank can can avoid wage price spirals or, or shut them down is to make sure actual inflation declines. Um, you know, as long as people expect inflation to remain at this level, they Which will they continue do. to that. Don't they? Yeah, and and this is where we. This is why we, the the more they do, the harder um, and the bigger the cost is of reducing that inflation. Why? So, tell you know, me that. All right, bring it back to basics. Tell me why that message. See, here's where I've been wrong. I thought we'd be in, in a recession by now because what you've done to the economy is 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 ruinous, and we should have been in recession by now. The reason we're not is everyone went out and got a wage rise, and they're spending it. Hence, we've got more inflation. How come no one listened to what you said? Uh, well, it's a combination of things. The first one is that our interest rates haven't been particularly restrictive until now. You know, we've shifted from extremely low to to uh, um, modestly high, if you look historically. Um, so, you know, we're now tapping our feet on the brake. Um, the second part is household balance sheets and, and, and business balance sheets are incredibly robust. Uh, we've got the highest level of actual employment and participation rates in the OECD, one of the lowest unemployment rates uh, in the OECD. Um, uh, wage, um, you know, it's it's not. We're not surprised at all to see wages rise, and labour is the most scarce resource exactly. globally at the moment. But that's and a problem. So, but, but but part of the labour shortage is government policy settings, isn't it? Uh, well, it's kind of global government policy settings. I, I have to say, um, uh, I've been uh, revisiting the rest of the world now that we can, and um, no one has surplus labour. Everyone is saying, where did the people go? No, but more pe- but other countries have looser policies. So in other words, we don't even give ourselves the chance at the moment of bringing in the sort of people we need to bring in. And we could be doing that, and we're not. And that must be a handbrake for you. It is a handbrake. Uh, more labour would be better, without doubt. And um, that's, you know, loud and clear. Have you told our, Grant that? Uh, they, they know that. I think that... Um, Everyone has told the government that. So, um, how can, well, you, well, then help me out. How can they know that and not do anything about it? Well, I can't talk on behalf of, of the government, I'm sorry. So, you know, that, yeah, yeah, but, but your job, though, yeah, but Adrian, your job depends. You're, the success on your job depends on you having a set of circumstances in which you can operate. And one of the biggest yeah. problems you've got is lack of labour, and they could do more to help you. Yeah, and that makes our job harder um, because it means we have to uh, raise interest rates higher than otherwise. I will just put a little little uh, quip in there. Um, you know, we we are at the moment demand is running well ahead of our ability to meet meet that you know, the supply and hence the inflation pressures. Adding more people, yes, in the long term increases the potential you know the productive capacity of the economy, assuming they find jobs that are productive. But immediately, it also brings demand as well. So it's not an instant panacea. You know, people. I reckon you could get. I reckon you could get the balance. I mean, you've got so much pent up problem at the moment in the market. You could introduce a lot more people into the labour market and and, and get your soft landing. Uh, I agree with you. You know, that's. um, I just wanted to make sure. You know, that you realise it's not. They don't just turn up and and add supply. They also add demand when people turn up. That was one of the biggest drivers of economic growth. You know, for the decade twenty ten to twenty twenty, just more and more people turning up, demanding more and more things. So it's always, you know, there's no magic panacea. If if we could suddenly all become ten percent more productive, that would be good. Um, if we could, um, uh, you know, have more competition and, and, and make it harder for just putting prices up all of the time, that would be good. 
And, um, and and most importantly, if inflation expectations can come down, which is the bit we're working on, that would be fantastic. That would be success. Can I ask one more question because we're almost out of time? If Grant yeah. Robertson hadn't indemnified you, would you have printed differently? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough question there. I mean, you know, central banks are, are unusual beasts for accountants. We can run what I'll say with negative equity without concern you know, because um, most companies would say I'm insolvent, but central banks aren't be insolvent. So, you know, we could have done it ourselves or we could have done it through the indemnification like we did. Um, uh, either way, it's the same outcome for people. Appreciate your time very much, Adrian, or the Reserve Bank Governor.